Welcome to Holistic Marketing Simplified, a podcast for health and wellness professionals looking to simplify their marketing. I'm your host, Molly Cahill, and this podcast is brought to you by Holistic Marketing Hub, our hybrid program that supports you with personalized coaching, caption templates, and virtual classrooms. In this program, we teach health and wellness professionals how to fish, but we also bait their hook. Head to holisticmarketinghub.com to learn more and use code podcast for $100 off. You can find full show notes, resources, and more at mollycahill.com slash podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Holistic Marketing Simplified podcast. I'm laughing because right when I first came on, I forgot the name of my own podcast there for a second. I am coming at you live from my living room floor because do you ever just need to change positions? DM me on Instagram and tell me like, are you somebody who sits at the same spot all day? Or are you somebody who's kind of like a cat and like moves around the house? That's me. So today's episode is one of my absolute favorite things to talk about, which is transforming your toxic relationship with Instagram. I'm going to be talking about Instagram specifically, but these tips can apply to all of social media. The reason I have this early on in the podcast as episode three is because I feel like so much of your success is based on your relationship. You know, if if you go back to episode one, the whole premise of this podcast, Holistic Marketing Simplified, is to make sure that you're doing something that you enjoy. And if you have this toxic relationship with social media, then you're not going to see any success. So let's dive right in. I first want to just say that your Instagram doesn't suck. I've had people tell me that before. They're like, my Instagram sucks. And then I go look at it, I'm like, uh, it doesn't suck to me. I mean, and I'm sure you've heard this analogy before. I'm probably not the first person to tell you this, but imagine every single person who's ever liked or commented or followed or whatever was standing inside your living room or inside your clinic or in, <laughs> sitting with you in your car. You'd be like, dang, that's a lot of people, you know? But like for some reason, now that it's 2023, whenever we get seven likes, we automatically think that that's a failure, but that's seven humans, man. And you can also think about it this way. Imagine back, say it's 1950 and I am at home and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start a business and I'm going to start a business where I teach women how to make casseroles. Okay. How do I let people know about this business? I mean, it would be really hard. You'd be like knocking on doors and telling your friends and they'd be probably be going to their church picnics or whatever, trying to get people to know about this casserole business. And if they had like overnight, seven people, 20 people, 50 people knew about this casserole making business (laughs) that you had cooking, then you'd be over the moon. You'd be like, wow, I'm really spreading this message quickly. So if we can kind of reframe the mindset to be like, you know, yeah, seven is enough, 20 is enough, 50 enough. Like it's all relative, right? I, in the very beginning, when I first, before I niched down to serving health and wellness professionals, I was working with this really huge Instagram account and I'm going to be honest when they hired me. So I met them at a conference live. So that was how they found out about me. And I'm going to be honest when they hired me to, I used to offer this service called a mini makeover where I would look over your account and give you feedback of what you could do better. And when they first hired me, I was thinking, holy cow, I'm not going to have anything to tell them. They get hundreds of comments every post, but to them, hundreds of comments was less than what they were used to getting. They were used to getting way more. So their engagement was, quote, down for them, even though looking 
you know, to anybody else, you'd be like, holy cow, that's a lot. So it's all relative. So just, you know, get in your mind, like just imagine a face behind each one of those numbers. So that's the first thing you can do. And then also I want you to consider if for some reason you went viral tomorrow, would you be able to handle the influx of phone calls, of DMs, of comments? Would you have somewhere to put them? Would you have some type of funnel to send them through? Would you have a way to get them and capture them for your email list? Would you have a way to convert them to a paying patient or client? Think about that. And the answer might be yes. And if it is, great. But if it's no, then I suggest you go back to episode one and, and get those, those marketing foundations in place. So not only episode one, but also just stick with me and I'll be talking more about how to actually convert followers to paying patients or clients or leads on your email list or whatever. So yeah, so that's another question to ask. Could you even handle the influx if you got it? And then another thing, could you handle the trolls? Because inevitably, if and when you go viral, you the, the meanies come out. I feel, I just feel so bad for these people. Like I was talking to uh, Meredith from Peachy Spoon today and she's like, hurt people, hurt people. I mean, I don't know. She even gets trolls over you know, apple cookie dip. So if you can get trolls over apple cookie dip, you can imagine what kind of trolls you could get going viral in the health and wellness space. Again, I'm not saying all this to scare you. I'm just saying it's something to consider when you're kind of sitting here daydreaming like, man, I really wish this reel would take off. It could be wonderful. It could literally change your business overnight for the better. But it also, you know, comes with its downsides too. So that's that. So going viral and becoming an Instagram sensation could definitely lead to money in the door, but rapid growth like that does have a cost is what I'm trying to say. And there is more than one way, like slow and steady works beautifully and is more sustainable almost always. So just to give you some statistics to also help with this relationship that you might have of looking at your Instagram thinking, oh, it's just so slow and steady or it's, you know, it's not performing well. I want you to know the, the average monthly growth for um, a business account all across all of Instagram, the monthly growth in account followers for Instagram business accounts is actually 1.25%. So it is not that much. So chances are you are right on track. On top of that, whenever you're looking at your followers, like how many followers you've gained, don't look at how many you've lost as well and think, what did that person unfollow me? You know why? (laughs) You want to get, this is a crazy stat to me. One in 10 Instagram accounts are fake. It's a bot. One in 10. I don't have the stats for Instagram, but this just gives you an idea So for Twitter, they say that Twitter removes about 10 bot accounts per second. So I have to imagine that Instagram is is pretty close to that. So you know the amount of spam DMs you get, spam comments, the people that go out and like mass comment things about this person cured me of herpes or whatever. (laughs) Those, all those accounts, when they get reported, they all get shut down. And since you probably have one in 10 of your, you know, Instagram account or one in 10 of your followers are probably a bot, then a lot of those followers that are quote unfollowing you aren't actively going, oh my gosh, I don't like that she just posted this salad and I'm going to unfollow her. It's probably a bot that got removed, a majority of them. Sure, there are going to be some people who unfollow you because your content doesn't resonate with them. And I say, cool. That's amazing. It's like a self pruning 
rose bush. <laughs> I have the weirdest analogy sometimes, sorry. Um, it, you know, it's like a way to like, hey, if this person's never going to buy from you or never going to become a patient or client, then why? It's like dead weight, right? So that's another way to look at it um, when you're talking about losing followers. And I just think that's crazy. One in 10 is a bot account, a fake account. Another point I want to mention on transforming your toxic relationship is the fact that, you know how I kind of mentioned we worked with a big name account, and that's not the only one. We've worked with four, I want to say like pretty darn big influencers. And over the process of working with these people, we've gotten to know them. We've seen their video outtakes. We've seen, you know, everything, you know, and, and honestly, like, I always say it's like Oz. Like I've seen behind the curtain. There's nothing fancy. They are just like us. And, you know, I think, I think once you've seen what's behind the Instagram feed, you know, like you've kind of seen how the sausage is made, <laughs> then I, I, I don't know. I think that's why I just don't have that type of relationship with Instagram. I don't ever look at it and go, oh my gosh, why am I not doing as much as that person? Because I've literally seen behind the scenes and I know what it's really like. Another thing to consider when thinking about your relationship with the gram is stay away from any content that looks like constantly talking about the algorithm or the algorithm or the algorithm changed, or the algorithm did this, or the algorithm did that. Because it makes it very much a like us versus them. They're working against you, not for you. When else in time, think back to my lovely casserole uh, anecdote, when else in time could you market your business for, I don't want to say free because there's costs involved with, even with posting on Instagram, right? Like unless you're just the one doing it all day, every day by yourself, but you know, that's, that's a time cost, right? So I'm not going to say it's free, but I mean, you're not having to buy an ad in the yellow pages or a bill, pay for a billboard or my first job selling, uh, advertising in a newspaper. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, when else in history could we grow our businesses for this small of, you know, a marketing budget spend? I mean, never. It's crazy. And the other thing to remember is, like I said, it's it's not about the algorithm and an us versus them. They literally want you to do well. So they're not out to get you. The more that you see success on Instagram, the more you're going to use it and the longer you're going to stay on it and the longer you're on it and the more you use it, it's better for them. So it's not us versus them. They're out to get you. The algorithm is not all as like cloaked in secrecy as people make it out to be. <laughs> There's always these people who think they're like, have these like, crazy novel I've hacked it like if anybody ever tells you they've hacked the algorithm like run away because it's it's simple as this it learns so quickly I have always wanted to have a vegetable garden and we lived in Florida for so long and lived on basically an island so we had super sandy soil and it was really hard to grow stuff I literally grew like nine green beans we joked it was like $45 a green, <laughs> green bean but now that we're in Cincinnati we have and we have a big yard, I'm like, okay, I want to go ahead and start researching for the spring to start gardening. I maybe looked up like two or three gardening accounts for like the zone of the garden I'm in on Instagram. And within minutes, my explore page was populated with more gardening pages. And then just yesterday I was looking up teeth whitening stuff. And then again, within minutes, I had like teeth whitening content on my page and teeth whitening content ads. I mean, you know, not to mention how fast the ad algorithms learn. So it's really not all that 
difficult, just make sure, like I said, this when I go back to like be consistent on your, you know, your content themes and the algorithm will learn. And this episode is not about that. I could go down a whole rabbit hole about engaging and growing your community. But that's why it's so important to do the steps behind the scenes, um, the engaging and the growing community steps. And if you're not sure how to do that, you can just go to mollycahill.com slash engagement. And we'll link that in the show notes below. And that's just like a step-by-step. I'm walking you through how to grow community on Instagram. And that's another way to train the algorithm so they know what you want to see and they know what type of accounts should be seeing your content. Another point in the non-toxic bucket is that apparently the 2020 theory trend is not really a trend. It's just being real. I always say like, thank goodness for that. It's just being real. I think there was this pendulum swing of, you know, these grids were super perfect and they had these like an Instagram, like 2016 up to like maybe 2018. Like there's like these perfect grids, these perfect patterns. Uh, Lightroom filters were all the rage. Everything was like this perfect thing. And so I'm not saying you should swing the pendulum all the way over to blurry images colors and fonts that don't go with your brand and, um, you know, maybe like images that don't actually fit the Instagram square. I'm not saying you should like swing your pendulum all the way over to that to where you look just completely unpolished where people are going to be like, "Mm, I don't know, like, can I put my health in her hands? Mm, Not sure. But it's just like, be like a normal human, right? Like a, a normal human in the middle, like not perfect, not super sloppy, like just, just in the middle. Okay, so I'm going to end this episode with nine tips that you can implement. I mean, I've already kind of given you some tips, but here are nine specific tips that you can implement today to have a better relationship with Instagram. Number one, beware of algorithm confirmation bias. Oh my gosh. Why is it that even when we know how these algorithms work, we still find ourselves, I mean, they're designed to do this, right? They're designed to put us in this vacuum and, you know, you could say that there is a, you could find an article of conspiracy theorists who think there is a red giant uh, monster sea turtle who is living in the Great Lakes and it has been spotted and it is going to come find us. And you could like find that account and then like the algorithm is going to start showing you other accounts of people think that this big giant red turtle is going to come get you. And then all of a sudden your whole Instagram feed is full of people who are talking about how this giant red monster Great Lakes turtle is going to come get you. And you're like, you're talking to other people and they've never heard of it. And you're like, how have you never heard this? It's everywhere. Well, it's not really. It's just, it's just the algorithm doing its job and it's feeding you more and more and more and more and more and more and more of what it thinks you want to see. What's funny about this is have you ever logged into like your partners or your friends Uh, Instagram account or Facebook account and you're like you know right away that it's not yours because you're like oh I don't recognize any of this this content right so it's so easy to put our blinders on even when we know we know better it's so easy to be like this is it this is the only way of thinking in the world and this is the only thing that's going on that's going on so just just kind of try to put that like at the forefront of your mind um, there's going to be times you forget and you, you fall into a spiral, but that is one tip. Another is to unfollow or mute anyone who, there's a couple different categories. One who makes you feel bad about yourself in any way. It doesn't matter why. There was recently a business coach who I was following and she had these amazing tips, but I ended up 
um, I don't think I unfollowed her. I think I muted her because <laughs> every single video, like her house was like perfectly bright white, and perfectly lit. It was whatever background she had was no matter what part of the house she was in was always spotless. Her hair was always perfectly curled. It was like never even a ponytail. She had like a really cute blouse on every day with like matching earrings and lipstick. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like she was talking about like selling to high ticket. I'm like, to high ticket clients. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm never going to get high ticket clients because I I'm never going to look like that. Like I'm never going to be the person that's like, has this perfectly spotless house and has my hair fixed every day. Like usually I haven't washed my hair in like three days. <laughs> and so anyway, I had to meet her just because I was like, Molly, that's ridiculous. Like people come to you because you're relatable and they see yourselves. And so like I said, so she's got her demographic too. Like she's going to have people that come to her and hire her because she is so polished. Like that's going to attract her people to her like a magnet. It just wasn't the right fit for me. So unfollow or mute. If you, if you don't know how to mute someone, you just go to their actual profile and there's um, underneath their profile photo, there's the button that says following. It's like a rectangle. If you tap that, um, they'll, uh, it'll open a little menu and you can hit mute. I also encourage you, this is going to sound harsh, to unfollow or mute anyone in your industry or your niche. I know you're going to think I'm like a terrible human. It's not that I don't want to support other people in the social media space. I have lots of friends in the social media space. And there are three or four that I don't have muted or, and that I, I keep follow that I follow because I love them. And, you know, as they share great tips and I learn a lot. But going back to my point about become like getting, you know, down the silo of this echo chamber, if you're only following people who do what you do, not it's, it's, it's going to do a lot of things. One, it can make you feel like you're not doing enough, like I said. And two, it can really stifle your creativity because then it's just going to be like the same spin, the same um, exact graphic or the same exact type of information regurgitated over and over. If you follow other accounts outside of your niche in your industry that you're in, I mean, not saying don't follow things you're not you know, make sure it's something you're interested in, right? Like that's the whole point of this. You, it needs to be an enjoyable experience. When you open up the app, you want to see accounts that you want to look at, right? I mean, I follow like furniture flipper account. Um, I love home decor. I love recipes. I love comedy. Uh, I some fashion bloggers. Like I follow all kinds of people outside of the social media space because when I do want to go research something and I do want to consume social media marketing content, then I can just go find it. But if it's constantly fed to me all day, every day, I always question myself like I'm not doing enough. So just give it a try. It might not be for you. Like I said, I'm not saying don't just support other peers or colleagues. And then just from a pure, you know, like, again, go back to the algorithm standpoint, like if, if only you know, you see those threads just like, like, let's support each other. Let's go follow each other on Instagram. And that's great. Like, I get it. I, I know that it's coming from a good place. But let's say you're a chiropractor. What good is it if the only comments are the only people following you are other chiropractors? That's, that does nothing. For, that does nothing for growing your business. And it confuses the heck out of the algorithm because they're like, wait, I thought you were based in Raleigh, North Carolina. Why are these people from all over? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you need to make sure that the people who are following you could potentially be your patients or clients. So that's another reason that I don't like to 
flood my account with people inside my own industry. My second tip, sorry, number one was like a full, it was like a, my first tip was like a number one with about eight sub bullet points. Second tip is to stay out of the comment sections of viral posts. If you ever see a post, it doesn't matter how benign it seemingly is. If there are hundreds of comments, the odds are there's going to be some meanies. Just stay out of the comment section. Don't look at the meanies. Look for the nice people. <laughs> if you find yourself scrolling the comment section, just be like, no. <laughs> Imagine me on your shoulder saying, get out, get out. Unless you're there to leave a thoughtful comment yourself. And if you're there to leave a thoughtful comment or to come and provide help, then that's a different story. The next tip, weekends are off limits. Weekends are off limits. Just completely, I'm not posting on the weekends. If you want to like snap some photos over the weekend and then do like a big photo dump on Sunday night or Monday morning, totally fine. But I have found that if I don't have that strict rule with myself that I am like constantly thinking about, oh, I should be posting on the weekend. So I just strictly say weekends are off limits. Nights pretty much too. I mean, my husband always jokes that I'm impossible to get in touch with, which is hilarious considering I do social media for a living. And also within the Instagram app, you can go up to your settings and there's a way to set screen time limits to where if you've been on it for more than like 20 minutes at a time or 30 minutes at a time in one chunk that it will pop up with like, you know, take a break. Kind of on the same theme as point number three is snap your snap or capture your photo or video now and post it later. So again, if you're going to do something fun and you're like, hey, it's on the weekend and I do want to post this on Instagram, then don't feel like you can't, you know, capture the moment if you want. Just don't feel like you have to like stop, go ahead and post it, get all the right caption, get everything, you know, that's just going to like really, that's going to squash your joy. Another little hidden tip that you've probably never heard before is to use the Instagram desktop. I do this all the time. Instead of just being on your teeny tiny phone screen, I should have looked this up before I started recording, but apparently there was a study done a while back about like the size of the screen. The smaller the screen, the worse it is for our stress levels apparently. So I like to just go to Instagram.com and I like to you know, that's where I do a lot of my engaging. That's where I reply to DMs. I do so much from Instagram desktop. You can even post from Instagram.com desktop. You can't post a reel and get all of like the music and all that jazz, but you can post long videos and you can post like regular posts on Instagram desktop. So I love using Instagram desktop. My next tip is to reuse and repurpose the heck out of your content. Remember how I said people need to hear things 21 times in order to take action? Just if you are feeling overwhelmed or burnt out with creating content, scroll back a few thumb scrolls, grab, you can even screenshot the same exact photo if you want, tap the three little dots on the post and hit edit on that post. And that's how you can go grab the caption and copy and paste it. And then you'll just hit, you know, save again. You're not actually editing anything. Or if you're on Instagram desktop, you don't even have to do that. You can just go copy it, copy the caption. Another tip is to pay attention to the metrics that I call your invisible metrics, which are reach and things like saves and shares. Those are the reason I call them invisible metrics is because if somebody's coming to your profile 
they can see how many people are following you. They can see how many comments you get. They can see how many likes you get. But they can't see the reach, the saves, the shares. Reach is simply the number of unique people who saw your post. So even if they didn't stop to, to like it or comment or save it or whatever, just it appearing on their feed and them seeing it somehow, that counts as reach. I love that number as a marketer because <laughs> it's, it's saying, okay, whatever, this, my brand got in front of somebody's eyes. Whether or not they consciously realized it or I can't tell you how many times, and you've probably done this too, you're scrolling through Instagram, you stop and see a carousel that, you know, piques your attention. You scroll through the entire carousel and then you keep scrolling. You didn't take the time to like it or comment or anything. Not because you didn't love the content. It's just like that's just the way you use the app. So I like reach because it really captures that people, the people who are kind of like the more silent lurkers. And it's a really great metric to measure over a month. So like if you look at your, your professional dashboard from your Instagram profile, I like to always see that my reach is in the green. And if it's not green, then that's when we can start to troubleshoot. My next tip is super simple. Follow feel good accounts. I love Upworthy. There's like the good news movement. Um, I love kind of all of the, the funny millennial mom memes and, you know, you, this is how, you know, you were raised in the nineties and all that kind of stuff. So I completely follow feel good, fun accounts, and it'll make you realize there's still so much amazing, beautiful, good in the world. My next tip is to read, <laughs> this sounds silly just saying it, read physical books and magazines when possible. I love, oh my gosh, I get real simple magazine. I get it every month. I used to intern at Cooking Light Magazine in college. Fun fact, I love magazines, physical books. You will spark so much creativity by reading a physical book or magazine, and then you can gain ideas to use on your Instagram from there. And that's another way to kind of get out of that silo and also just to have something analog can be so amazing for your brain. You'll get so many ideas. Trust me, just try it. And my last tip is simple. It's always my favorite tip. Seek real human interaction. Do not let the screen replace just regular human face-to-face -face interaction. If you've never heard of the book, Do Nothing, it's called Do Nothing by Celeste Headley. It's a great book in general, but one of the things I really loved from the book is it talks about how longevity is associated with our social interactions, our real life social interactions. So if you think about it, when we used to live in tribes and we literally could not have survived on our own and we, we are still very much hardwired to have that real human interaction. And, you know, I've been fortunate, we've moved a lot, but I've always had a great group of girlfriends just because the military, like that makes it a little easier to, to meet other people. And now that we've moved to Cincinnati, we're not military anymore, but my daughter's in kindergarten. So you know, we've sent notes in you know, her folder, like, hey, so-and-so's mom, I'm MJ's mom, give me a call. And like, I've, got, I've now got like a group of mom friends here. So there's so many ways to meet adult friends, to make adult friends, and just making sure that you take the time to pencil that in and put that on your calendar is so, so, so crucial. Just to quickly summarize, the tips are to unfollow and mute ruthlessly, beware of the algorithm confirmation bias, 
and the you know vacuum that you can essentially live in without really realizing it. Stay out of the comment section unless you're there to leave a thoughtful comment or to help. Weekends are off limits and set screen time limits. Snap and capture your stuff now and post it later. Use Instagram desktop. Reuse and repurpose your existing content. Pay attention to the metrics that you can't see behind the scenes, like reach and saves and shares instead of just comments, likes, and followers. Follow feel-good accounts like Upworthy and the Good News Movement and Funny Memes. Read physical books and magazines when possible instead of getting in a doom scroll. And as always, seek real human connection. Please reach out to me on Instagram and let me know which one of these tips you're going to implement first. And this is not, that's not a rhetorical, like the thing that all podcasters say, like, please damn it. Like for real, please do. I love talking to you. I love chatting. I've gotten so many messages already. Like, Hey, you told me to say hi. And I'm saying hi. And I'm like, yay, I love it. So please come say hi. I hope this was helpful. And I hope you have an amazing day. And here is to transforming that toxic relationship with social media. Thank you for listening to Holistic Marketing Simplified, brought to you by Holistic Marketing Hub, our hybrid program that supports you with personalized coaching, caption templates, and virtual classrooms. In this program, we teach health and wellness professionals how to fish, but we also bait their hook. Head to holisticmarketinghub.com to learn more and use code PODCAST for $100 off. And hey, you know how every podcaster at the very end of their episode asks you to rate and review their podcast? Well, that's because it's super important. These podcasts take a lot of time and heart and effort to produce to bring you free information. So in order for me to be able to continue doing that, we need more people to find out about the show. So if you could, please just take like two minutes out of your very busy day to leave me a rating and share this on your Instagram stories and tag at Molly A. Cahill. That's C-A-H-I-L-L. I would greatly, greatly appreciate your support. I truly appreciate you so much. I know your time is valuable and I can't wait to see you in the next episode. Premium.